This episode of Upstream in Perspective is brought to you by our Plays and Basins team. The Plays and Basins service provides forward-looking analysis into the world's most prospective hydrocarbon plays and basins. This service includes play and basin analysis with written commentary and underlying data. To learn more about the Plays and Basins service, visit ihsmarket.com energy. Welcome to Upstream in Perspective. I'm your host for today's show, Jessica Nelson. In this episode, we'll continue our talk with Karima Mohammed about the Alaska Upstream Market. Karima is an expert in basin strategies and resource evaluation within our Plays and Basins team. Karima, thanks for joining me again. Let's jump right into our conversation. Is Alaska's North Slope predominantly a gas or oil opportunity? Well, so for... We, we can look at this in two ways, really. As I mentioned before, there's about 38 billion barrels of oil equivalent um, in technically recoverable reserves left in the North Slope. And about two thirds of this is oil, the remainder being gas. And we've got that opportunity that we know. And there's an additional 9 billion barrels of oil in yet to find volumes in these areas of the North Slope that haven't really been explored. So for the near to medium term, it's, it's an oil opportunity. Um, the fact is that the gas that is on the North Slope really has no access to markets. And this is one of the main hindrances as to why this is not going to get um, monetized anytime soon. So it is an oil opportunity, but there is significant gas upside. But that is based on Alaska LNG actually getting sanctioned and taking off. Now, on the Alaska LNG subject, there has been a recent interest and, and investment um, promises that have been made by certain foreign entities, which could actually see this project taking off as early as 2030, in which case, for the longer term, the gas in the Alaska North Slope can actually be a very viable opportunity. However, for, I would say, within the next five to 10 years or so, it's predominantly an oil opportunity that we're looking at. And this is really contained predominantly in these two new formations that have been part of these main discoveries that have been made in the past four years. And those two formations are called, one, the Nanoshuk, and two, the Toruk formations. And these are really the, I guess, these are the trendy formations, if you want to call it that, that have really brought this basin back into focus. It's not the traditional reservoirs of the Prudhoe Bay or Endicott accumulations. These are entirely new formations, and the potential is only just beginning to be mapped out, specifically by ConocoPhillips, um, Armstrong, and Oil Search, who are some of the main and dominant operators on the North Slope. Describe the Alaska North Slope's competitive environment. Are there opportunities for new entrants? Yes, so that, that's actually a great jump off point from um, our last topic. The competitive environment really, you know, what, what we're seeing here is it's pretty fragmented in itself. So we've got our large independents and IOCs who are really capable of allocating capital, executing, and, and they're the ones who will drive the majority of activity on the North Slope. So we like to call them commercial masters, that being one ConocoPhillips and two Exxon. So they're the ones who really obviously have the resources behind them, and they've laid out um, the opportunity set in Alaska as being either a core or growth area for them. 
And between these two dominant operators, we're not just seeing sustained capital levels, we're also seeing expansions and we're seeing aggressive development plans in terms of drilling both exploration wells and also expansion, such as in Exxon's case, they're planning to expand their Point Thompson development now that it's finally been approved by the state of Alaska. So another camp of companies that we like to call challengers are Oil Search, which is a Papua New Guinea company, which made a recent new entry into the North Slope, and also a company called Hillcorp. Now, when we say challengers and we look at oil search, now they are traditionally a company that is a Papua New Guinea company. So the move to Alaska would seem like quite a jump. But actually, when you look at what their core competencies and strengths are as a company, the Alaska North Slope makes perfect sense for them. It's a conventional oil opportunity in an area that is relatively stable from a geographical and um, fiscal regime point of view, as well as they are they're also understanding their strengths and understanding where they need to build up their capabilities. And so obviously, as a new entrant to the North Slope, they would need to rely on either companies um, in terms of service companies or consulting firms to really leverage their local expertise that Oil Search as a company does not have. Oil Search has the capital. They're prioritizing Alaska as a core asset in their portfolio. And they're also at the same time really leveraging on local basin knowledge to really maximize the value that they can get out of this basin, which is why we call them a challenger. So really, we're seeing two sets of companies on the North Slope. I've talked about the commercial masters like the ConocoPhillips and the Exxon, but we've also got some niche players who are pioneering development in technically challenging assets or unconventional types of development even. So one example of a company like a niche player is Kalius Energy. They've made a billion barrel discovery located in Smith Bay up in Alaska on the North Slope. And this is a fairly challenging asset for development for a number of reasons. One being the fact that it is quite remote from any type of facility or the Trans-Alaskan Pipeline. Two being that it is located partially in shallow water. And three, it is in an environmentally sensitive um, area of the North Slope. That coupled with the fact that Kalius has said that they may need to do additional stimulation in order to extract oil out of this asset, whether that is by fracking or any other type of stimulation is yet to be known. However, it is um, a challenged asset just owing to the tight nature of the formation compared or contrasted actually to ConocoPhillips projects, which is in an entirely different formation, which has reservoir properties that are maybe more amenable to the traditional conventional oil development. So we also do have a couple operators that we like to call opportunists that are really targeting pure play unconventional development of source rock on the North Slope. And we're not exactly sure what the opportunity set looks like from that point of view as well. But just to give an example of sort of the varied nature of what the competitive landscape is like, we're seeing companies who are, they're producing the gas, they're producing oil, they're targeting unconventional development, they're looking at formations that haven't been traditionally seen as economically viable before. And all these characteristics really do lend to 
bringing this basin out of its emerging stage sort of into an accelerated level of development. And this is really dependent on the competitor mix and the capabilities of these competitors and, and companies within a basin who can really drive development going forward. So let's talk a little bit more about the players. Uh, you just described some, but how would a new entrant get into this basin? Right, yeah, no, great question. Obviously, how do you get a slice of this pie? Um, so really, there, there are a couple ways that you can do this. One is via the traditional bid rounds. Um, as I mentioned before, um, the state is really trying to incentivize and attract as investment, and they're doing this by the traditional bid rounds. Um, and as I also mentioned, acreage prices are quite low right now compared to, for example, the lower 48. So that would be one traditional way of getting into the basin, into new acreage. If you wanted to get into acreage that you think is quite prolific, but is already occupied by someone, then the farm-in route um, into this acreage would be a good opportunity as well. So, for example, this would be applicable to a company who has access to capital, who's really actively looking to expand their portfolio and make Alaska a part of that. And also who can leverage on any local expertise that's been built up by the current occupant of that acreage. So farming in of ownership or even assuming operatorship can be a great way to do this. And we've seen the company from Papua New Guinea Oil Search do exactly this method. Now, the farming method is attractive. However, there are also a smaller number of companies on the North Slope which could even lend to the corporate acquisition case as a new entry method. We've got companies who either simply have been holding acreage and haven't done any kind of development or invested anything into really developing the land that they have. And we've also got companies who they've either done development, they've drilled wells, They've started some sort of um, development and building facilities, but this is no longer a core area for them. So they would be something that you could acquire, acquire the facilities, acquire the staff, acquire essentially all the locally built up expertise and get in in a fairly low risk manner into this basin. So really, out of these three cases, one being bid round, two farming in, and three the acquisition case, you really have to, as an operator, look at what will work for you based on what your objective is from getting into the North Slope and adding that to your portfolio. And this comes back again to a point that I like to make all the time is that not every operator will be as successful in the same basin. It really does depend on what your core competencies are and finding the right opportunity that can really work for you. So with the North Slope being predominantly a conventional oil opportunity for the near to medium term, um, in terms of conven conventional development, really a company that is, is great at, at these types of developments globally would really be able to maximize value from the North Slope this, in this manner. And taking into account the fact that really barriers to entry are dropping, as I've mentioned. So it is not that difficult to get into the North Slope and really have your development plan laid out. The state is essentially working with operators on the North Slope to really get this oil out of the ground 
Um, and they're also incentivized by the fact that the pipeline capacity has to be maintained. So really, it's it's all these factors in totality, not just taking into account the subsurface potential, but also the above ground considerations that really do make it an, an opportunity that should not just be discounted because, oh, it's Alaska and we've got the lower 48 right here. It really does depend on the right type of company who can extract value from this basin. Karima, thank you so much for sharing more about the Alaska North Slope with our listeners today. I hope you'll join us again in the future with some additional upstream insights from your research. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, Jessica. This was great. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the next segment. Don't forget, you can find energy insights from our team of experts anytime at ihsmarket.com slash energyblog. This podcast contains information and insights copyrighted by IHS Market. To learn more about IHS Market Energy Solutions, visit ihsmarket.com energy. That's ihsmarkit.com forward slash energy.